friends, and welcome to World Build with us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferny, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we have a new prompt from a new listener, and we're going to be getting right into that right after the shilling portion, where I tell you, hey, do you want us to build your world, and then we shill right before we do that? Well, guess what? You can go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, where you can click the link, follow the instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. Do you hate the audio podcast aspect of the podcast? Well, guess what? You can go on to YouTube and go ahead and subscribe and do all the YouTube stuff on there if you really would prefer to listen to it that way. Just, you know, if you want to get in on that before it explodes and gets all over the place, you can go ahead and do that now. And if you want to follow us on social media, we're on Twitter at Let's World Build. And if you're more willing to talk to us more directly, you can go on to our Discord with a link for that in the description. And of course, if you're feeling particularly generous or you just want two episodes for your prompts, you can always go to our Patreon, give us money as a thank you, and uh, you know, do that whenever you want. Anyway, all that shilling is out of the way. Just did it, just ripped through it today. Rapid fire, yeah. Yeah. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> Done. And we're getting right into the prompt because the prompt is pretty fun. And it's from a new listener, Overlord Zero, who says, In this world, there exists a school that is governed by the god of knowledge. The school is a tower with six layers, and each country will send their representatives to become students in this school. Those who graduated from the school are given the right to lead their country. So there are three tenets with this particular prompt. Number one, gifted students are given power based on the subject they excel in. Number two, all the teachers are not human and represent different aspects of knowledge or subjects. And number three, all knowledge in this world contains a different level of hazard capable of affecting the mind. The more complex the knowledge is, the more hazardous it can be, and different individuals will have different resistances to this effect. So Overlord Zero, thank you very much for your new prompt. And this is a fun one. I'm actually very excited to see uh, how quickly we can turn this into a bloodbath. So Courtney, why don't you start us off today and tell us where you want to get us started? Okay. Uh, not blood, I swear. Uh, my first tenet is that the god of knowledge was actually imprisoned or captured here long ago. So the rest Ooh. of the world is in a sort of dark age because so much information has been lost out there. Oh, that's super oh, fun. That is really neat. I like that. Yeah, I like that a mm -hmm. lot. That sets the stage for the rest of the world really easily. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That is also like kind of a terrifying thing because it's like, I assumed that, you know, like, oh, this is just one school. It's like, nah, you're saying that there's like basically a singular school. It's the only school. Yeah. yeah. I, I did take in the prompt. It says there exists only one school that, that yeah. is governed by the God of knowledge. So I took that very literally as literally this is the school. Oh, there is. Oh, so you're okay. Yeah. When I read that, I'm like, there's only one school ran by the God of knowledge. Yeah. The way that I yeah. interpreted that. But I like your interpretation a lot as well. <laughs> And I like the interpretation that it's like, hey, uh, we imprisoned the god. Well, okay, so who actually imprisoned the god of knowledge here? Do we know that yet? Or do we, we want to save that. that for other realms? Yeah, tenets, yeah I'm not sure. So I'm, I'm down to yeah. figure it out as Excellent. we go. Excellent. All right. Uh, Daniel, what do you got for us with your first tenant then? 
Um, there exists a discipline of forbidden knowledge that's sealed off from study um, that was possessed ages ago by a country that was destroyed for having possessed the knowledge. Is it how to imprison the god of knowledge? Because I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty good at forbidden knowledge to have. Um, I, my thought was because obviously I imagine some of this will focus on the individuals who have to study there and what goes on mm -hmm. there. So my thinking is this is a discipline that's like just like you said, there's six layers or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I imagine this is like a seventh layer. You know, it's uh, forbidden. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. So it's like it's like the divine or something or 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 the diabolic, you know, maybe maybe one or the other. Yeah. And I mean, also, I'm imagining, too, because our says that the students are sent here to rule over their country right in the end. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm imagining a country that had this knowledge at one point. But, it, you know, everyone knows now it's just destroyed. Like it's a, a ruin. Gotcha. Well, I'm going to take that segue to lead into my first tenet. I'm so glad that you mentioned the right to rule their country. Because my first tenet is, though the students have the right to rule their country, the incredibly low graduation rate and something about the schooling itself makes the graduates unwilling to rule. After they come out? Yes. The uh, graduates, right? Like, one, graduation rate is going to be low. That's my, that's my uh, guess, anyway. And then the thing is, something happens to them once they're in there. They're like, I don't want to rule. And I was thinking that this could be a, a number of reasons and you could even make it like uh, personalized each time. But I thought it would just be a fun and interesting way that, you know, these countries are desperately sending people to find a ruler, to find a mm -hmm. king. And all of them come out like just like, I I'm good. I don't really want to. Mm -hmm. Something about that to me is is kind of like a little twisted and fun. Is it a high likelihood or is it every single one? Oh, every single one. Yeah. So then the only race question I would have then is like, would there, there would never be rulers. <laughs> well, well, see my, my uh, kind of interpretation of the, of the reaction to that is there is just like committees and meritocracies and like oligarchies and stuff like that, that exist that are like councils that you can have like little corrupt things. Like, cause my guess, right? Like my interpretation is they're looking for the ideal philosopher king, you know, like that oh, Socrates okay. and Plato and stuff talked about, right? So they're they're looking for a very like not just like for regular administration of their countries, like appointing a president. They're looking for kind of like a divine leader that will take them to the next step in a sense. Yeah. Ex exactly. Yeah. Got you. Okay. So this is the train, the perfect leader. Yeah, it's not like it's anarchy without them. Yeah. I see. Okay, that's, what, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. So I'm, I'm picturing what based on what you're saying, like um, you know, if we're the USA, right, and we keep electing presidents that are going to be in jail, we 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 have we're sending our best and brightest, right, to find the ultimate president, basically, who could lead us. You know? Daniel, are they sending their best? I don't think they're sending the best, Daniel. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so that, that's kind of cool. Yeah, no, I I like that, and I wonder if it's something about the knowledge itself. Like, I'm thinking maybe this god of knowledge is also kind of a trickster god and he mm. or it does something to like knowingly give these people knowledge that will keep them from wanting to go back and rule like whether it's mm. something to tempt them to keep them at the school forever or some sort of knowledge that just like wipes mm. away their desire to lead or see I'm, I'm not even necessarily thinking that trickery has to be involved like this is a spiteful knowledge. God's like, oh, you're going to keep me locked up in here? Sure. 
no problem. I'm just going to make sure that every person you keep sending me is going to be so tired of ruling once they're done. They're just not going to want to do it. You know, like that's that's kind of what I'm assuming is going on here as well. Maybe a little bit with the spitefulness, you know, I mean, there's a metaphorical implication to this and that like I can imagine um, they often say the person best fits rules when it doesn't want to rule. The one yes. who doesn't seek power. Yes. So I wonder if like, um, it was just kind of to what you both are saying, that uh, possessing that certain knowledge makes you more enlightened and you realize there's more for you to do besides rule of people, mm-hmm. right? Or mm-hmm. something more important to do because there's yeah. different kinds of knowledge you suggest. So perhaps like you go there and you're in the school of the fifth layer and it has to do with, I don't know, like charity or something. And, um, you know, like you had hoped to go to learn about social systems to better rule your country. That was the, the mm-hmm. lure. But in learning about charity, you realize that you would rather be on the streets with the poor feeding them than ruling over them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now yeah. the knowledge has corrupted you, but it's not so much that the God has done this. I mean, maybe the God is spiteful and has done this to give you that revelation, but the the mm-hmm. end result is actually what was this the school intended. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that enlightenment yeah. means the abandonment of power, which I think is just a really cool yeah um, twist that it has yeah. but then it's like to create the rightful leader that's one in a million because they have to also still want to lead as a result of the knowledge yeah, yeah. it's like they'd want to like willingly take on this sacrifice of sorts of like mm-hmm. they know that this is needed of them even though they don't want to do it at all that's yes mm-hmm. yeah that's cool you, you know what i just realized as well i i didn't mean this when i originally came up with this but I suggested that, you know, those who graduate are unlikely and unwilling to rule. But who's to say that you die or you can't just like leave the school whenever you want? Mm -hmm. So I'm now thinking that the people who are actually leading these countries are people who dropped out or, you know, have some claim to fame where it's like, oh, I came in second or I left the Mm -hmm. school because I knew that my true place to rule was back at home, you know, like. Because going to this knowledge school, right, is like a massive honor in and of itself. And having some kind of uh, clout is attached to it, right? Like, oh, I'm obviously better to rule because I was, you know, I was a, a leader and I went to the school in the first place, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. I believe. It's almost like it strips them of their ego in a way. Or it inflates their ego. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I'm I'm glad that we're on the same page. Although, Courtney, I like that concept as well. Like, you could do both, yeah. Or yeah. I mean, like the schooling process, which is interesting because oh, when I was I brainstorming tenets, like, and Daniel, you mentioned, I think, like, enlightenment of sorts. Mm-hmm. I had thought of doing something with, like, each layer of the school is related to some sort of chakra, which I oh, don't yeah. really oh, know. I like that. I don't really know anything about them, so I didn't want to, like, force that into a tenant uh-huh. doing like 10 minutes of research on it but i wonder if like there's something there that we can go towards yeah there absolutely is because i did um actually in research for a game with you guys i based seven realms of a fantastical world on the seven chakra mm-hmm. so yeah i can actually pull that up although let, let's put a pin in that for the time being because i think that's something that we can talk about a little bit later when you're talking about the stripping of egos, like I can see how that would work in both directions because on the one hand, um, their ego is inflated when they come back because they're like, oh, you know, like I can spin this for having a better station mm-hmm. in the administration, right? But when they mm-hmm. go there, the ego they came in with was technically crushed because they realized mm-hmm. they're not good enough to do this, yeah. right? So yeah. it's yeah, almost like exactly. hiding your crushed ego, but then like coming back and capitalizing on it because your ego is crushed, you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I'm definitely yeah. I'm definitely creating like these NPCs who are like bitter and they blamed mm -hmm. the administration. They blamed the other people for like, not preparing them, you know, for not preparing them or like, oh, well, this was an impossible task. No one could do mm -hmm. this, you know, like, oh, well, I had to cheat because how else could anyone actually do it legit? All of these reasons that, you know, like keep them in a small world you know, that's, that's what they're creating for themselves by, by rejecting this idea. So yeah, that, that's actually pretty exciting. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of this. So mm -hmm. what's the, uh, the likelihood? I mean, so, okay. I imagine a leader comes about once in some period, but like, what is the cycle? What's the period there of receiving actual leaders? Do we need to put a, a, a timeline on it? Because I think that we can like, just, live this out and like i think at this point the rulers of the world are doing this strictly out of ritual at this point there's no genuine expectation that a god king will come from the god of knowledge right well that's what i'm asking right like because yeah. if, if it is um you know once out of our hundred years you know then they know the process actually right. works and that changes right how we perceive things right if it's if it's never happened, then it's like a legendary thing that's almost somewhat religious almost, right? Mm -hmm. But I want to know because the, the credulity of the system, of the way the, the way that people think of the system depends on how frequently it actually yields mm -hmm. leaders. Yeah, it's sort of interesting because when I was reading through the prompt, I had imagined that it was going to be a frequent turnover of leadership. Same. And yeah. that would almost be like more, not democratic, but more fair in terms of you're bringing in new Mm -hmm. ideas new knowledge every like few years mm. um but this certainly changes that view of it well yeah. that can still be true it's just they wouldn't be graduates that are doing it the leaders that come from this temple of knowledge this school of knowledge they're just people who are like i dropped out uh my place is elsewhere you know like maybe the rigor of of the the study is too much but they still bring back the knowledge that they gain and better their countries that way I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I agree with that all the way, though. Like, I'm sure they come back with some knowledge, right? Obviously, because sure. they studied to some degree, but only because I, the way the prompt seems to structure things is that, you know, graduation seems to give them the gift of the right to lead their country. So I don't know if that's knowledge or if it's the permission to, to be the true leader. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, so it makes mm -hmm. me wonder, like, if the leaders never come or they only come you know, once in a thousand years, then there's no true rightful leader of their country. I'm trying to tease out like, what is the difference between, you know, if if the countries can really move along and function right. with failed graduates, that right. makes the group they send there less important and sort of the, um, the return knowledge kind of watered down. So that's mm -hmm. why I want to know, like, when I do get a true and rightful leader, like, what does that mean for the country? And how frequently do they need that? So that's actually what I was going to get into because we, we can do something that we rarely ever do. And, I, and, and I'm thinking about it. I'm not sure that we've ever done it, but this could actually be a case where prophecy is actually a really good motivator or a really good uh, institution that keeps people engaged within this system. You know, you have to keep sending, you know, potential graduates because there is a prophecy that under these conditions, the true leader will arise, but those conditions just haven't been met yet, you know, and the only way that you can test those conditions is through, you know, the crucible of academia of sending people to the temple continuously. Does that make sense? So are you, are you saying you're interested in it being 
really never having happened before. So it's about prophecy. I think that's really fun to me because like we're in the middle of this story as humanity is one, as Courtney kind of suggested with her tenant is getting increasingly dark. Right. And I mean that in like an enlightenment sense, right. Where knowledge is becoming scarcer and people are becoming more desperate to uh, allow the illumination of the world, to allow knowledge to expand and grow. And so all they can do is have faith in a prophecy that may or may not come true that will one day, you know, elicit the true, you know, like leader or, or the, the true philosopher king or something like that, you know? I mean, I'm, I'm more inclined to have, um, I want to, I want to be able to explore to what does it mean when the leader comes back, right? Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. even if it was once in a generation or once every hundred years that they successfully yield a leader, you know, for one of the countries, I think what that will do is now that country actually has station in a way the other countries don't. And so what do mm-hmm. the dynamics look like when they have a valid leader? I could see perhaps the story centering around the return of a leader who chooses to lead and people going into the thing to study in hopes of getting their own leader. But now one of these countries has a leader and that's a big deal. Mm. Yeah, I do like that. And I do think it makes sense as far as like, why would people keep doing this year after year, generation after generation? Like there has to be some glimmer of hope involved in getting a a leader out of this. So like Mm. maybe it is a once in a century thing that somebody comes along who is actually willing to lead. Gotcha. Okay. Like not guaranteed, but that seems to be yeah. the cadence of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to keep my mind open. I think that we still have another round of tenants that we can go through. Um, yeah. Let's go ahead. Courtney, start us off with your second tenant. What do you got for us? Uh, responding to the tenant that all the teachers are not human. I'm going to mm-hmm. say that at least some of the teachers, if not all of them, are mundane animals. Oh, Okay. So, so we're talking about like an avatar, the last airbender, like they learned their forms from like badger moles and stuff like that. Or mundane as in like just a raccoon or like a badger. <laughs> so like not like uh, mythical or, or monstrous, but just like little, little woodland animals. I could see, I could <laughs> see the university is having almost like a treehouse composition oh, to yeah. it, then, which would be yeah. kind of cute, you know? But yeah, that is cute. <laughs> okay. Okay. But hold on. How how is this animal? Are you suggesting that like that's the form that it takes? Or are you saying that like it is just an animal? Like an animal that's been like it obviously has some sort of uh sentient knowledge or like okay. ways okay, of communicating, yeah. but it appearance-wise, <laughs> it is like magically appears yet. Yeah, there is gotcha. an animal. No, that that that's fine. I was just imagining like I've been learning for 15 years from this raccoon. And like one of the other administrators, like that's just a raccoon. You're so good at picking through trash now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, I've learned every movement from this raccoon, my master. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. That's fun. I can see, I can see the animals um, thematically aligning with what they're teaching. Like if you're mm-hmm. teaching some, let's say one of the the floors is like the school of, I don't know, um, uh, statecraft, you know, and the teacher's a cat mm-hmm. because it involves like subterfuge. That would be kind of cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Because, yeah, it does say like they represent different knowledge or subjects. So mm-hmm. yeah. it does make sense that they would like tie in with what the animal is associated with. Mm-hmm. And and there's like historical precedent for, you know, like Kung Fu forms being learned from different animals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So 
I mean, you could you could extrapolate that to a fantastical sense as well, and I think that could work out pretty well. It also yeah. raises the question of what sort of creature is the god of knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. I I was wondering as we were chatting just now, like, is this something where the god of knowledge was imprisoned here? Then he got kind of bored and lonely, so he just like started giving consciousness to oh. animals in the vicinity and in this tree. Like mm-hmm. they became like his his cohort or his like mm. they became his professors over time. <gasps> he gave them each a bit of genius almost. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, especially is like a fuck you to the people who imprisoned him there. Right? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Oh, you're going to imprison me here? Well, guess what? I'm going to impart massive knowledge to people who aren't humans. How do you feel yeah. about that? You know? Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. This mouse is now a genius who can defeat you in chess and stuff. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the, the mythical history here. It seems some enemy of knowledge, right? Imprison the god of knowledge. Um, and mm. then. It seems after that, the world lost the ability to learn certain things because mm-hmm. they're in this tree. Mm-hmm. And we've established that this god has either a kind of a, a spitefulness or a trickeriness to him, obviously, because he's imprisoned. And that he's he's given a bit of genius of himself, a bit of that knowledge back to these creatures to let it be teased out to people. So I wonder, like, it seems like knowledge metaphorically means like the ability to have a certain amount of autonomy, right? Because these countries don't have leaders, suggest their autonomy. It makes me wonder then, like, the bit of knowledge that's been lost or made forbidden, is that, like, the thing that would break the situation for them? Because the, the, the god being imprisoned? It seems, like, it seems like we're talking a little bit about, like, I don't know, agency in some way is what's being stripped mm. from the world. Oh, so you're saying that, like, the country that was obliterated, they, mm-hmm. like, uh, reigned over the concept of agency? maybe or something like that because it seems like there's a these are falling into place is what i'm suggesting all of our ideas you know (laughs) yeah i I mean what i think what i'm thinking about when i when i'm thinking about a dark age is a restriction of a flow of knowledge right or the the stagnancy of knowledge due to you know extenuating circumstances and whatnot Mm -hmm. i guess what i'm in summary i'm thinking like there is a bit of knowledge that is being withheld even if you go to Mm -hmm. the school from the society oh. as a whole. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. I think that has something to do with its imprisonment and something to do with the destroyed country. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I think I can see what you're trying to say, Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, because forgive me if I'm wrong, are you suggesting that there is a definitive lack of something without knowledge? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So there's something that no one can kind of get, I think. Right. You know, none of the countries can. That's being withheld. Right. Maybe it's like ambition even like you go to the school your ego you experience like ego death basically but then like after that you have no way of like realizing you know what you want anymore Mm. or like you focusing on kind of this ultimate goal that you had gone there with or something like that Mm -hmm. thematically what we can also do is you know, like, why is everyone so slavishly devote to tradition? Why is everyone so slavishly devote to things that are already in, you know, like that are stagnant, that won't move us forward, won't progress. Mm-hmm. And like, it's a lack of motivation to do so, right? It is a lack of progress, in other words, right? And I think that's kind of what we're getting at here a little bit. And I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Daniel, hit us with your second tenet. What do you got for us, sir? Um, it's very brief. It simply says the passage of time is different inside the tower than outside. 
Oh, of course. Mm. You got like every like a thousand years passes, you know, within the span. That's cool. Or I mean, in the inverse, I thought might be kind of fun. Oh, that's true. Yeah, because and it could be that I could see <laughs> like you go in there and it might be like a four year study, right? Mm. Um, and like you're saying, a lot of pine passes outside, so they can come back as young as they were, even though right. they may have studied a lifetime, you know, or vice yeah. versa, you know. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. You're like you're put into a level of stasis almost, right? Yeah. And what what that could also represent is like uh, a a kind of stagnancy with with time as well in a, mm-hmm. in some cases, right? Like I, I'm thinking like the not not in the sciency sense of like making all that balance out, but like perhaps you're there and you've actually studied for 30 years. You feel like you've been there for 30 years studying. You still remain mm-hmm. whatever age you are cuz quote unquote in this case a magical sense of time doesn't pass. You know, and then when they return, maybe it was like 100 years or maybe it was like 10 minutes. And so you, you're suddenly right. changed. I don't know. I think there'd be a need to have some kind of differential. You know, that actually sounds really fun, because now I'm just thinking of like a person who never even entered the temple, but they know enough. That like, time <laughs> yeah. exists and like I came out a genius and like they kind of like have to calm their way. through. That would be funny. Then. The bumbling <laughs> failed charlatan. Yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah. Kind of fun. Yeah, I think that also works well with this like lack of ambition or like kind of shifting in goals once these people leave the school, because if you were to, you know, go to some place and study for four years and then come out mm-hmm. and like everyone, you know, has died and life yeah. has moved on, then like what what do you do anymore? Yeah. I mean, that that's also that also kind of supports the tenet that I created that surrounds like there's an unwillingness. Maybe that aspect is part of it. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Yeah, no, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, like, oh, it's been 20 years. Everyone I know and love is like changed completely. Why would I bother wanting to rule or like now I feel unfit to rule as a result of this kind of time dilation happening? There could right. be. And I don't want to like the only thing I'll be careful is I don't want to like. um I love I love all this, but like end up preventing the student from being able to reconnect with their people mm-hmm. purely mm-hmm. by them having passed along. Like one way we could spin this is say the person felt 30 years of studying there and it seems like a long time and maybe like they physically didn't age. Then they come back, but they're a different person to the people they left mm-hmm. because they've they've lived mm-hmm. for 30 years in all this knowledge. Yeah. If, if we made like 100 years past, then they'd be dead. It'd be easier for them to not be interested in the place they came from. But I think it'd be more heartbreaking right. if they came back with certain knowledge and the people they knew no longer mean anything to them because they're yeah. more concerned yeah. with other stuff, like their girlfriend or their mother or whoever they come back to. They're, yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like suddenly they're not they, like the, their interests don't matter anymore, which kind of reflects what could happen yeah. if you go to college and you go back to your high school yeah. friends. Right. And suddenly you're mm-hmm. out of sync with them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, th- that's why I think that if we keep the time dilation, not like, Stab minimal yeah. no 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 so, so it can go in either direction oh okay. then you create a greater breadth of kind of options options in terms of stories you can tell absolutely right yeah, yeah. so you know it, there is like an interesting story to be told of someone who hasn't been seen in over 200 years and then they finally emerge from the temple and then <laughs> there is an equally interesting story of someone who's like i've been gone a month but to me it's been a hundred years and you're right. Like, that's where that deep disconnect happens. It's not a matter of time, but a matter of change within the person themselves. I, I think that having both of those as a possibility is really interesting. Yeah, I like the blend. And it is definitely very tragic to think about, like, 
you enter the school, maybe you have a girlfriend or you're engaged or something on the outside, you enter the school and it feels like ages for you. Yeah. It feels like ages are passing and you, you finally are like, well, shit, like I, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to like start a relationship with somebody in here. You get married, then you leave the school and your ex fiance has only aged like two months. And they're (laughs) like, what the fuck? Like you were just, you were just here. How did you forget mm-hmm. about me already? Yeah, you can like have lifetimes of experience within the stopped time or within this dilated mm-hmm. time yeah. and then come out and you're just completely warped. And I, and I don't mean that in necessarily a bad way, but like altered, you know, like in such a dramatic way. I think that's really fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, did you do your second tenant? I did not. Okay. And I, and I actually did that on purpose because mine's such a fucking curveball. You know, we're talking about these like high stakes, dramatic stuff. And my second tenet is very plainly students compete against one another to prove their academic dominance, utilizing a complex series of games. Mm. So effectively, what I'm trying to get at here, right, is that is how you prove your mastery in the subjects of knowledge that you're interested in. Right. Uh, Is through games. And what I mean by that is, uh, hey, uh, we're going to test you using like, oh, do you want to know how probability works? Guess what? We're going to play a dice-based game, right? Or maybe some more complex levels of knowledge requires more complex games to be played. You know, like with the ultimate game being something that's remarkably complex beyond our normal comprehension or something like that. Because, you know, there's an interesting kind of historical context where stories are told in game form, you know, like ancient stories even. Chess, for example, is supposed to be uh, to teach nobles and nobility how to become a better ruler right like the the kind of nitty-gritty stuff and i thought that'd be a really interesting and fun way to kind of express you know like how knowledge is gained and earned in this kind of fantastical school yeah i don't think that's a curveball i think it works pretty well with what we've got going so far Mm. um and like also i think works with this idea that maybe this god of knowledge is bored and wants to play games with people and mm, you know mm. it's been like playing these games with its uh professor animals this whole time so they're now like masters of their mm. respective games and stuff like that yeah that's kind of fun actually yeah it speaks to the um the teaching model of this particular uh mm-hmm. entity behind it all right like i mean that may just be their approach to how they teach people you know yeah mm-hmm. And I mean, there's also like a potential for like a Yu-Gi-Oh-esque carnival yeah. of like uh-huh. nonsense, which which I'm like thinking about. I'm like, that actually is that could be kind of fun as well. You know, like because you have the academic games, like that's always exciting in any yeah, academic yeah. fantasy, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. and like that's that's you know, there's the 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 tri-wizard tournament and there's right. you know, like all those it's it's a staple and it's and it's fun. But I'm also just thinking like there is historical context for this that is like very serious and and dark if we really want to go that way. But there's also the goofball like nonsense that we can kind of amp it up with as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Exciting so far. So why don't we do our recap and figure out where we want to go and then we'll run into the twist. So, Courtney, you started us off today. What was your first tenant? Uh, that was that the god of knowledge was imprisoned or captured or kept here in some way long, long ago. Uh, and because of that, the rest of the world is in a sort of dark age. Yeah, I think that's definitely come into the narrative. I, I mm-hmm. don't think that we've seen necessarily like the kind of repercussions of that storyline yet. But 
I think that it's certainly prominent. I mean, one thing that we haven't addressed, but I think is probably a consequence too of it is that if the rest of the world's dark age, I imagine the failed people who come back and try to like then assume control, like you probably have a lot of despots and a lot of like mm-hmm. um, corrupt people in charge, you know, and that's mm-hmm. why there is a need for a true leader in all these countries. Like the world must be in a really unpleasant place outside in the sense that like they're, they're, they're a ignorant, but also dysfunctional. So you're looking at like mm-hmm. lots of uh, shitty peasant leaders, you know, potentially <laughs> right. who are just interested in yeah. local concerns and maybe their survival as opposed to thinking about the whole of a society daniel daniel you just gave me a really interesting idea for a narrative do you mind if i cut in sure okay uh shitty despot yes absolutely you have a charlatan who says yes i absolutely graduated and Uh no the fuck they didn't but because of this (laughs) they're ruling their country however By doing so, what that actually spurs is someone who did graduate and leave, but felt unwilling or unready to rule. Oh, to lead who's there. Yeah. Exactly. Who knows the truth. Because he's like, I don't know, he's running like a a homeless shelter. That's what he he thinks that was the way to really rebuild society as he's working on, you know? Yeah, exactly. I I like that because it it does drive home that idea of like, the unwilling are the best leaders. Yes. And he sees this injustice happening. He sees this corruption and mm. is like, man, I can't sit on the sidelines anymore. It's no choice. I need exactly. To exactly. Yeah. yeah. Forcing the good to do good, you know, mm. through this kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. That's that I think is a really cool narrative that we can kind of dig teeth into. Mm-hmm. And then Daniel, this is where we can kind of satisfy both of our thoughts, right? Is that, they come out unwilling and then things happen to make them willing and yes, force yeah. them to step into this position. And, and you never know who the people are, right? Because they could be in your exactly. society serving a role and then mm-hmm. they've given up on their, they don't have the ego anymore, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then something happens. They're like, I understand now that I have to do this, that I in fact have to step up because otherwise it means death or destruction for yeah. the people I love. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There we go. Mm-hmm. That's good. Okay. Um, so, Daniel, what was your first tenant? Let's go. Now, we've got a discipline of forbidden knowledge that is sealed off from study and that a country which is currently in ruins um, once possessed it. Yeah, so we talked about that. I don't know if we ever fully decided on, like, it being ambition or progress or something along those lines. Yeah, I'm kind of of the opinion that we haven't really given that enough uh, narrative leeway yet, Daniel, you know? Yeah, it's a good question as to what it is. I think it does have something to do with ambition yeah. and it has something mm. to do with freedom, right? Because we rely on this one school. Like, why is it that we can't establish another school someplace to teach other things? Right. Part of it is because the people who have the knowledge are few and far between and uninterested in teaching. But mm. is that an illusion? You know, like people, sure. I know this is magical, but is it an illusion that people can't learn things? I don't know. So the immediate thing that comes to mind is that they can't create another school or they're unwilling to create another school, right? Because there's also like the power involved with, you know, maintaining a structure that relies on a very few amount of people that relies on the people who are deemed worthy, AKA the graduates and stuff like that. Right. Maybe that is part of what makes them unwilling as well is that they see that this individual school, like the power structure that exists 
is designed to keep the powerful powerful and is not designed to actually genuinely help the people and society at large. Do you mean the the school in particular? Yeah. So it's 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 kind of like um it's an imperialist attitude that this knowledge is the only knowledge that's worth knowing and the only knowledge that's worth teaching. I don't I wonder um I wonder about the ambitions of the the god of knowledge in the school itself. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, like my impression is that it doesn't have much intentionality, but then what you're saying makes me think, what if that was the position of the country that was destroyed? Oh, go on. Say more about that. Because you're talking about like uh, privileged canonical knowledge, right? That, that that's the, the trap is that, oh, we've, we've given ourselves the idea of like, this is the stuff we need to learn and nothing else can be taught or mm-hmm. understood. Perhaps that was the position of that school. And they had something to do with trapping the God of knowledge in the first place to further that position. Mm. Like they had certain canonical knowledge that all other countries derived from them. And then they imprisoned the God of knowledge to make it so that no one else could learn and they could trap that knowledge for themselves. Oh yeah. That's really cool. And so now like the only way, and obviously this is not necessarily in the narrative that we're talking about, but effectively the only way that we can move the world forward is through Apocrypha is through uh-huh. learning yes. and like unlearning the yes. very system that's in place and stuff like yes. that. So there, when you say imperialism, they probably, the knowledge that is lost must be something like oppression or like control, control. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. I do like that. And I mean, control works perfectly with the God of knowledge being imprisoned in this one place. Mm-hmm. If they basically yeah. like put some control on it so that it can only exist in this one one small area um and then something happened to that country maybe they just basically imploded on themselves because it was overly controlled and fascistic yeah maybe they knew that by doing it it would doom them all but they did it as like a show of faith you know like i believe so strongly that this is my conviction that will it destroy my country yes but it will propagate a worldview to the rest of the world for generations to come. And that to them is why they decided, you know what, fuck it. It's worth it. You know, like to, to propagate this idea of canonical uh, knowledge, canonical uh, ideas. Right. And that says a lot about that forbidden knowledge as well, that people are willing to effectively destroy themselves to make sure that knowledge does not spread, cannot spread because they deem it to be the wrong type of knowledge. Maybe it's like a blend of control and hierarchy, what they were reigning over. Cause mm-hmm. it's like this, I don't know. It feels like the world is very uh, flat in terms of leadership outside of the school mm-hmm. or like, it's sort of like small sized governments, like we talked about or councils and things like that. Right. So there's less of this hierarchical view now, but that also leads to people not wanting to take charge because they view that as like not a good thing <laughs> i mean what you're saying speaks to kind of the um the fundamental i guess taxonomic nature of scientific knowledge right so like mm. when what what does scientific knowledge do it it classifies things right and it looks for an objective truth and it breaks it down into categories and it makes hierarchies and structures right like taxonomies mm. of things so I wonder if like this knowledge is like the science, you know, in quotes, mm. it's like the process of creating a rigid and perfect authoritarian society is one of the things that come out of the science. Mm. Another thing that can come out of it would be like 
how to control your emotions to such a degree that you have some certain power or, mm-hmm. you know, the, the science leads to control, I think, and leads to what they viewed as some sort of harmony. And that's, that's what's mm-hmm. lost. The scary thing with fine is the science inside the school. I know I'm just giving it an objective, yeah. just a random name, but it sure. seems like what you guys are describing are almost the symptoms of understanding this discipline. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if I know this discipline, I have such control oh. and then it, it manifests as a sort of authoritarianism. Yeah. I like that. Cause it's like, it, it makes it so like the subject itself isn't evil, but the things that mm-hmm. can stem from it are, mm, yes. can be, yes. can be not good. <laughs> Libertarianism, you know, <laughs> things like yeah. that. Ambition. Maybe what's also happening is that the God of knowledge, you know, besides being bound in terms of what it is literally captured in this school, maybe it can't teach those properties or it cannot impart that knowledge as an additional binding to itself. And so, or it doesn't want to maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Because it led to its imprisonment, you know. Right. And then maybe there's like something that's like, okay, it has to instill these values in the hopes that the graduates will then learn the extra stuff on their own. Right. You can't wholly trust this system. You can't wholly trust this one gleaming edifice, right? This one Mm -hmm. idol. You have to expand and grow beyond the edifice that you come from, right? There's this kind of beautiful metaphor, this beautiful theme of having to go beyond what you already know in order to become, you know, the truly ascended philosopher king, you know, like that you are meant to be. Yeah. And like, maybe that's also why this God uses games as tests, because it's a way of thinking differently and also of putting yourself in a position where you want to win. Mm -hmm. Like it's making you compete to like trigger some sort of ambition Mm -hmm. in you without directly teaching it yeah Mm. it's true and then of course there's going to be games that they play where it's like the point is not to win you know like or you're put in like a uh, daniel help me out star trek reference Mm -hmm. uh kobayashi maru (laughs) uh yeah it's to understand that some situations are unwinnable yeah well it tests your reaction to it rather than this situation Mm -hmm. right and maybe that is the final kind of game that's played is that you're cast out seemingly before you are ready to learn that knowledge or like to accept that knowledge. And so maybe mm-hmm. not every graduate is actually a graduate. Maybe there's no such thing as a graduate to them, but in reality, those people who leave have actually been given the okay, have been given the graduation acceptance. It's just that they have to go and learn that last bit on their own or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now I'm picturing since we talked about like this university as a, treehouse basically picturing like a giant tree that has uh maybe like six branches and the seventh has been like cut off or burned off or is mm, just no longer mm-hmm. there like yeah seventh branch of knowledge or it's decaying or something yeah yeah, yeah. I see, see i'm thinking that it's funny you mentioned that because in my brain i'm thinking that this this last branch is so high in the canopy that you cannot see it right like you can maybe see all the others, but it's just hidden mm-hmm. behind branches from the other six kind of schools of knowledge or something like that. I can see the it's whatever the, the science of ambition is or whatever it fundamentally is. I can see this being, as you guys are saying, something that's hinted at in each lesson. But I, I also imagine there is a creature that represents it, you know, oh, yeah. out yeah. there that you can somehow gain access to. And it makes me think that perhaps like prior to all this happening, you know, it's almost, it's, it's kind of like talking about the ethics of like, what is the right, um, 
you know, what, what is intelligence and what does knowledge really mean? But um, mm. whatever country originally was learning prior to knowledge being trapped up and inaccessible, it seems like they chose one among all bits of knowledge to be like, this is the way, right? And mm. privileged it. And that was the sin in the end. And then, but in order to privilege it, they drowned out all other knowledge by imprisoning the God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, oh man, we're, we're getting into it in this one. Huh? <laughs> uh, what, that was your first tenet, right, Daniel? Um, yes. Okay. So my first tenet, we got it. We got to go through this. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Though the students have the right to rule their country, the incredibly low graduation rate and something about their schooling makes the graduates unwilling to rule. I definitely feel satisfied in the conversations yeah. that we had surrounding this. This is like yeah. philosophically very interesting. I'm glad that we've done that. So Courtney, hit us with your second tenet. Mine is that at least some of the teachers, if not all of them, are mundane animals, which I think we spoke to a bit and I think yeah. shows up in just like the imagery of the school as this giant right. tree with uh animal professors wandering around playing games with people right mm -hmm. and again i want to i, I want to emphasize that they're also sentient so they're yes. not just yeah. yes yeah exactly they're all rocket <laughs> raccoons all of them and, I mean, colors. Right? Yeah. Different, yeah. Colors. <laughs> different flavors of rocket raccoon yeah yeah <laughs> uh all right and daniel your second tenet sir the passage of time is different inside the tower than outside uh, I think that we talked about that pretty at length. What yeah. about you? Yeah. Okay. I think there's, that's just the kind of a, an op option to play with setting wise mm -hmm. that I think whatever you, whatever you put this into, like, I think that's just something you can toy with and decide how that works time-wise. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you want to have this, like, again, if you're looking at this from a role-playing game perspective, having a party all come out and they're all like, oh, I've been in there for 20 years. I've been in there for two, you know, like, it's it's interesting to see how that kind of synchronicity lines up. Mm -hmm. Cool. And for my second tenet, it was students compete against one another to prove their academic dominance, utilizing a complex series of games. We can definitely get into that a little bit more, I think. But I think that I'd like to see that kind of manifest more after we roll the twist, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so speaking of twists, do we have any other questions before we move on to the twist itself? Are there any burning questions that we need to answer about this world before we randomize some stuff one thing that we haven't touched on um the tenet that all knowledge in this world contains a different level of hazard capable yeah. of affecting the mind and complex knowledge equals more hazardous and then they come back with powers too right doesn't that mention oh yeah, we really haven't, we haven't touched the power thing at all yeah yeah that's that's actually a good one. because realistically the complexity one like i kind of thought that the more complex the game the more complex the knowledge like there's parallels there you know like are we playing chess or checkers are we playing tic-tac-toe or magic the gathering you know like those are levels of complexity and like you have to know several aspects of knowledge and stuff in order to grasp those aspects of the game itself yeah i'm, I'm curious though like what the knowledge does that's hazardous to people or like affects the mind you know? i mean it could be as simple as the like we were establishing that you could you come back and you end up not interested in leading it could be that when you possess certain mm -hmm. knowledge like let's say you um were on the third floor of uh i don't know um genius creativity right and so you are taught all these creative disciplines and the value of making art blah 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 and now suddenly you have the power to make sculptures from your mind or something crazy 
but you how it affects your mind is that you're so obsessed with the art of creation that you know this is the danger mm -hmm. that this knowledge poses you you now only do that like you're not interested in anything else besides mm -hmm. making sculptures and you go back home and you you become the crazy lady that has a sculpture garden and that's all she mm -hmm. does all day is make <laughs> these weird ass sculptures and they're really intricate that maybe it's that's how it poisons your mind you know yeah oh. I, I do like that it's, it's like if you become too focused on one type of right. knowledge you become imbalanced in yourself right. and you lose track of everything else which speaks to what happened with that country yeah. too and mm -hmm. it's control slash ambition yeah. hierarchy obsessed stuff. with that aspect of knowledge and you're absolutely right Courtney. There, there's parallels there like are these people like maybe they're the ones who got infected with this idea of you know, like hierarchy. And so they had to instill hierarchy everywhere and that kind of ended up backfiring on the whole ass world, you know? Mm -hmm. Cool. And for the powers, uh, did we want to talk about the powers at all? Or like Daniel, I think you were speaking to like a creativity right. thing could show up as you can make stuff from your mind directly. Mm -hmm. Like you don't yeah. even need to necessarily wield media or wields like instruments you can just kind of like make shit happen yeah i think something like it doesn't have to be that but like i think perhaps it manifests as having such a genius ability in whatever it is you studied or you specialized in you know that is on borderline supernatural because it, it gotcha. depends on gotcha. if we want yeah. this world to be high fantasy or low fantasy or right. you know perhaps it, mm -hmm. it doesn't have magic at all it, whatever it is i think i'm leaning towards less fantastical powers and more they are borderline divine in the kind of skill they've obtained. Mm -hmm. I'm okay. with you hundred percent, Daniel. I think it's way more interesting to see like your powers of perception are so great that you effectively have telepathy or you can effectively see like what people are going to do or say like before they do it, stuff like that. And that's just like, it has nothing to do with actually reading their mind, but like reading body language to such a precise degree that you can, move out of the way or you can effectively read the mind of that person you know mm -hmm. right okay cool yeah I'm, I'm down with that uh so savant levels of you know intelligence in certain aspects mm -hmm. cool um all right so yeah let's go ahead and roll for the twist our twist this time is oh oh that's an interesting one we've got uh blood for the blood god <laughs> I was trying to make this setting nice and cute with animals, and so now we've got blood. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I mean, okay, hold on, hold on. It doesn't necessarily mean that there has to be blood sacrifice. That's a different one. That's a different twist. Mm -hmm. Blood mm -hmm. for the blood god doesn't necessarily mean that violence has to be the answer. Daniel is smart enough that he can be like, well, thematically, blood actually means this, right? So... <laughs> <laughs> like maybe we can take the essence of blood and kind of do a different interpretation or maybe just make it so those games that they're playing have higher stakes in some cases you know mm -hmm. like there's there's the joke in Yu-Gi-Oh very often that you know like why are you playing above uh, like a pit of spikes and razor blades in a children's card game you know <laughs> it's like why we could throw something like that to it as well, where the games they play are very serious and the stakes are very high or something like that. I mean, blood could be seen as just like life force itself. So it could be something where, I don't know, losing games like transfers your life to the tree, to the god, to the animals, mm. like something like that. I mean, if we do want to do the analysis on it, um, like you're saying, blood signifies life. 
it signifies essence. It signifies the fuel in the body to do things in some mm. ways, the lubrication of our functioning. But then I think the other question is, what's the subject of the blood god? Mm. Like, who is the blood god? Obviously, the first suggestion mm. is it's the god of knowledge. It doesn't have to be. Right. And there's a sense of appeasement yeah. in that phrase, right? Blood for the blood god always says to me, like, I need to give something valuable of myself to something else in order to have a mm. blessing or appeasement. Um, and it's and it's ravenous because the blood right. god suggests something that is hungry, right? So it could even yeah. you could the subject isn't the knowledge god. Perhaps there is some other third party, you know, that is a villainous on the scene that has something to do with the forgotten city, you know, or the, with yeah. the good knowledge, you know, that needs to be appeased. Yeah, like the concentration of that control hierarchy stuff was so strong in that destroyed mm. country that it actually created a pseudo god thing or a demigod that, right yeah basically like a demigod that maybe it demands control and it it demands like ambition from people mm. and in order to get that like if you have that inkling of wanting power you have to go to it and like sacrifice something of yourself whether it's like you can have you know x number of years off of my life if i'm able to gain control over people okay there's a lot going on here and I'm, I'm a big fan of it, right? I like the idea that there's a duality that we're dealing with here. And this demigod is part of that duality. You know, if, if there is a dark age, perhaps it is the reason behind this dark age in some way. And it is the reason that the world has been stunted and stagnant for as long as it has been. There's so much that we can do there. And, and I mean, We've only talked about the god of knowledge. We don't know what other gods exist out there. This could be the manifestation mm -hmm. of its twin, right? The the thing that's necessary. The, the other thing that you said that I'm really interested in, Gornate, and excuse me for just babbling here, but um, the other thing that you're suggesting is this idea that you have to pay some price to this blood god in order for you to rule or something like that. And maybe that's the other aspect that kind of manifest when it comes to finding worthy rulers in some ways, you know, like maybe as Daniel suggested, the world is ruled by despots strictly because the people who are willing to shorten their lives for a little bit of power, you know, they're, they're the ones who aren't the enlightened folks. I'm reluctant to add another, I mean, I agree with everything, but I'm reluctant to add another being that's counterpart to the knowledge God, because I think it diminishes the knowledge of God's mystery, but um, that doesn't mean people don't view this other thing potentially in that sort of way. And I wonder right. if we can make mm -hmm. this um, kind of circular, if perhaps this is a student who has bad ideas, a graduate who um, has recovered the, the forbidden knowledge and is back out in the world okay. you know, and has connections to the old city. Did the student literally eat the, the apple of mm -hmm. knowledge from the tree? They and got it. Now they have their own cults. Yeah, well, yeah. 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 What if, okay, so did oh, you're yeah. teaching that's the forbidden knowledge to being able to teach oh. others? Oh, instruction, yeah. uh -huh. yeah. which is control, it can be used as control. Yeah, because yeah. if you teach someone yeah. something and you manipulate them into believing what you believe and you don't let them figure out things for themselves, you've eventually created a convert to your cult. So, this yeah. graduate I has the knowledge and is making a cult of his own, a knowledge school of his own. Yes, okay, yeah. I'm gonna add my layer to it. So when you said that this other, uh, the seventh layer was destroyed and forgotten, there is one survivor and it is this demigod. It is the one who ate the, the forbidden knowledge fruit and has created this offshoot 
kind of cult that's existed. That's why it has demigod status. But can they can they be a, a student though? Like I don't want them to be a god. It would be really great if they were someone from some country that studied and learned the secret. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that that's exactly yeah. what I'm suggesting here. Like they they like went further up the tree, found the sort of yeah. maybe rotting branch or something, broke a piece off for themselves without the knowledge of anybody else and then graduated. Yeah. Well, what what I'm suggesting is that this student, and w- when I say demigod, I don't mean that it has literal divine powers. I want to make sure that that's clear, right? But it does have something that is akin to that, which is this kind of apocryphal or cultish-like knowledge, the ability to teach, right? Right, right. And what I what I'm really interested in is this idea that this student is the survivor of the previous country that was wiped out and it now bears the sins of its fathers the sins of its creators on its body in some way and so it takes on the appearance of something that is divine but in reality it is something that is just kind of um it's a direct disciple of the god of knowledge it's just stolen power it is stolen divinity it is stolen knowledge but it comes from that country that originally imprisoned the god so you, you're saying this person originally came from the, the fallen city. Exactly. Right. And we can play with like the mythology of what happened to suggest that it's kind of sin. It's kind of taking this rotten branch or taking this fruit is what cursed the city to begin with and, and what caused its complete downfall. You could You could split the difference here by saying perhaps... Because I almost don't want the the teacher to be from the Forbidden City. They want them to end up there. So I'm wondering if perhaps the student came from somewhere else, but met a fragment of perhaps a student or something left over that had learned the knowledge but never escaped the school. Mm -hmm. And they carry with them that person who is from the original city. Almost like finding a piece of Voldemort, right? And and then like now you carry him and he's teaching Mm -hmm. you, oh, I can tell you the secret. You need to go back to my city. And then he helps influence the creation of this cult. Because if... If yeah. the teacher's actually from a different city, then the other cities will actually recognize him and they'll be like, holy crap, it's so-and-so. We thought right, we were lost right. to, the, to the tree of knowledge, that kind of thing. I'm now picturing uh, Ratatouille, except the rat is, a, yes! is an evil authoritarian. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm also thinking that, you know, like we had these things that like affect the mind, right? Like mm-hmm. these games that are played... That that's what I'm seeing here is that this is yeah. just someone whose mind has been so warped by the tree that when this mm-hmm. student comes upon them, they're like, I recognize that you're valuable and I'm going to take you back. Yeah. But this other person has like very little agency in terms of what they can actually mm-hmm. do. They're beholden to it too. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And almost it's almost like they would see it as a god in a sense, as this other yeah. god in the tree, when really it's probably someone who a student from a long time ago who got stuck couldn't pass but has exactly. the knowledge and needs a way exactly. out. exactly yeah mm-hmm. and that's that's absolutely what i had in mind as well yeah, and that's what yeah. i mean by demigod where now they, they are, are yeah <laughs> yeah exactly. they're carrying exactly. they're literally carrying this like elevated student in them or with them or something freaky mm-hmm. i don't know right right Maybe it's a, you know you don't want to make it a snake like voldemort but it could be some other animal form that comes with him yeah like oh, said, wait that ratatouille right there make them make them animalistic uh-huh. in some way yeah, yeah sure or they have an animal perhaps you know yeah because mm. they've spent like so long in the tree maybe they've sort mm-hmm. of uh 
evolved over time to take on these animal properties. Ew, but does it grow out of them? Maybe they have another head that's like an animal head, you know, that you don't see. Because I can see, okay, so, so hear me out. I could see like, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm like, mm. hear me out, hear me out. I'm, <laughs> I'm here and I'm, I'm hear here. Me out, hear me out. So the student returning has carried along, has been in the tree for so long. They've been merged with this other student who is like a demigod. So they don't know who this is, but they're following their evil strictures from the old city. This person has returned to the old city, found the old artifacts, or whatever. And now he's seeking out to teach people. So, like, he goes back to his country and, you know, his friend, uh, Robert, recognizes him. He's like, oh, my gosh, I thought you were gone in the city forever. Oh, you know, we thought we were lost. But obviously, he has to look like a normal person for Robert to not freak out. But he doesn't realize, he convinces Robert, oh, I have all this knowledge. We can save the city, blah, blah, blah. He has to come with me back to the Forbidden City or whatever. They go there. And then when he kind of, like, gives them the knowledge and inducts him into the cult, that's when you see the other head emerge or the other part of him. That's the so animal. It's like Quato. It's kind of, yeah, like it reveals itself. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, but it's too late at this point because you're too far down the cult, you know, like you're in it. I I see. I'm I'm open to the idea that like there is something that requires some secret knowledge, and then you're Mm -hmm. you know you're shown some kind of something thing that you shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm Mm -hmm. totally okay with that idea for sure. Like I don't care what it is, but I'm thinking like just don't turn them into like a Godzilla right off the bat. They become no, 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 no. no. (laughs) See, I'm thinking of just like it's not like a head, but like maybe there's like an eye or an extra mouth or something like that. You know, like something that is like not entirely fully fleshed out. You know. Yeah, I I guess speaking of flesh, I had been picturing like this uh, student becoming tree like, like maybe part of the transfer of knowledge from this student who's been trapped there, who they see as a, a godlike figure is basically like mm. piercing themselves with part of the tree that this oh. perpetual student is like mm. wedged into or something. And like that splinter grows in their body. It becomes more bark-like. So they're, they become more godlike in appearance because of that, because of the association of the God of knowledge with the tree and so on. So they're effectively kind of like a dryad almost, yeah. right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. And then, oh yeah, that's 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 kind of interesting as well because I imagine that, you know, like this person who sees this demigod, they see it and they see that they're like stuck to the tree. They're like rooted to the tree and they're like, I'm going to hack you up and bring you back. Mm-hmm. And then that's their way of wielding that kind of forbidden knowledge and power is that they literally absconded with part of the tree itself Oh, wait. And that would also build for the blood for the blood god thing, because it would also imply that students give their life and body to be absorbed into the tree of knowledge as well. It makes me think of Stranger Things. Remember, um, Vecna is kind of like merged with creepy skin world in right. the last season. Mm-hmm. And I could drink that, but like less, less horrifying, more like the tree, a tree <laughs> kind of merging with person and then right right kneeling before this thing in the hidden level and then like it's saying to you like i can teach you so much more and then you carry it along Mm. within you so like i can Mm. see like perhaps you know when he's talking to robert in the cult he like opens up his chest and it's like bark and trees and inside there's like the knowledge you know right exactly like like this thing is always seen as seated right or like with giant robes draping over its legs and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and then Mm -hmm. Like with a hooded cloak, and then eventually, when you actually see it, you see that it's like nothing but tree from like the waist down or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, that that works for me, hundred percent. I love I love a lot of what we're going on here. I think it's time to move on to the main storyline quest so we can wrap it up. How do y'all feel about that? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Whew. So, uh, 
do do we want to roll for the theme and then the thing that we're focusing on for this main storyline quest or do we have an idea of what we want to do it would make sense for it to be like something about finding the truth about this cult that's popped up in this ruined mm-hmm. country like maybe you're if it's an rpg or like a party of adventurers who gets wind of this and things gradually lead you towards that ruined mm-hmm. land and what's now starting to grow within it Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely like two like big ways that I can see us taking this. If we're again, if we're doing this like an RPG, there is are you in or outside of the tree? Are you in or outside of the school? If you're in the school, then you have like a fun little school adventure where there's battle games involved and stuff like that. If you're outside of the school, then yeah, you have the cultist angle, you have like okay, how are we dealing with like the power dynamics and the political side of things? You have two completely different games here, which I think is really interesting. I mean, perhaps the way to bridge the distance is make the school be physically located within the ruined country. And so the school grounds and the trees are nice and verdant, but you're told not to wander outside of it because that's technically the domain of the country. That Mm -hmm. way you can have the party be adventurers who are going to the school, like their kids chosen to lead or something. Um, mm-hmm. And they start learning about the cult because the cult members operate among those students that are studying that then lead mm-hmm. them to adventures in the surrounding lands, you know, right. during their off season or whatever, you know what I mean? Like before the games. And so they might encounter the crypts and where the teacher actually teaches. And yeah. one of the students in their group is seduced mm-hmm. by it. And then like, <laughs> why is Mary acting so weird? And why is she dressing so goth? You know, it's because <laughs> she's going to these secret meetings, that kind of thing. So, so, Okay. One question that I have and one thing that I can't help but think of is how how far out does this time dilation bubble kind of work? Because if you're in the tree, in the school, and you pop out to the surrounding countryside to like deal with this cult problem, and then you come back in and you come back out, how much time has passed? Like, oh, all of a sudden the cult is way more powerful or, you know, like there's been 20 years where this cult has gone unfettered. Maybe it's the domain of of the whole country, you know, where those effects take place as you travel. Right. That's why I want to clarify with, because man, you can timeline shit gets really complicated. Uh If we starting adding in time dilation, it also depends on how you want to play with that tenant. Like I could see that tenant being interpreted as like, you know, when you study in there, you lose track of time. And so time passes differently in the sense that like, Oh, I thought I was studying for several hours, but it was like three days. You know, mm-hmm. so like three days have passed in real time. It's just that you right. feel like you've only been studying for an hour. That could be an explanation for it. it depends on how they mm-hmm. want to play it, you know. Gotcha. Okay. Fun. I like it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that what we're seeing here is that the cult is going to be kind of the thing that we're focusing on. That is going to be the antagonist of our main storyline quest here, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that okay. makes the most sense. And that, you know, makes a faction for us too. I agree. Here's where I want to complicate things slightly. We cannot just defeat this cult in combat. We can't just beat up the old tree man. We have to defeat them in a battle game. That's what I'm going to toss out there because yeah. I think that's fun as fuck, personally. Uh-huh. Maybe it's a game that this the cult leader created themselves. Yeah. Ooh. Or, or like maybe that's the thing that they went mad kind of mastering or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thematically, that makes a lot of sense and is really cool because this tree thing has been doing nothing but studying this game. That's how it went mad. And so in the beginning of this game, 
it is showing its dominance. It is outplaying the protagonists remarkably well, but you know, like it lost its mind because it couldn't truly master this thing, right? That's kind of the complexity, the knowledge that we, we talked about previously, right? And then the the reversal at the end is the protagonist learning that kind of lost bit, that last piece that the demigod never learned or something like that. Maybe what you can do is make it one step removed. So it's like they're competing against the other students who are potentially the cult members. So it's like they're the ones who are using that knowledge that they shouldn't be using. You see what I mean? Because I don't don't think we want to have the teacher directly involved with them. He's out somewhere in the crypt teaching these students. Right. Yes, I, I like that. Plus, I mean, I've been taught by the person who made the game is kind yeah, of like right. and they don't want to reveal that knowledge. Like they probably are pretending to be in some other classes or whatever. Sure. But yeah. they're either relying on it to, to cheat, basically. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was gonna say I'm like, and also like cheating's gotta be involved here, of right? Course. Like we gotta yeah, have yeah. some level of cheating going on. Yeah. I mean yeah. you end up with the Skullamance situation. Like uh, the Skullamance uh, from what I recall is like a, a secret cadre of students trained by satan who um always ends up taking one of the students like the brightest mm-hmm. one so it's like you can use that that kind of setup is sort of what we're dealing with here we've got students seduced by the secret knowledge to serve some purpose mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that's fun so so i feel like we're missing a layer i feel like we went from start to end but there's nothing in the middle that's really kind of connecting everything together. Does that make sense? What are the stake? Maybe we need to add some stakes here, you know? So what's at stake that we can make this particular story even more interesting and fun? I mean, I, I think the biggest stake is this cult gaining more power and trying to like take over the world and right. oppress people and stuff. Right. How's that manifest though? There's, there's gotta be some kind of like reification of that concept. Um, maybe it's that particular tree spreading or like the saplings from mm. that uh, cult leader starting to grow and take root in places. And it seems undergirding it is the notion of the knowledge getting out, right? Cause talk about growth mm. and spreading. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm wondering if like, um, how, I mean, ultimately if you have the right student graduate, they're going to go out into the world with the knowledge of the teacher, mm-hmm. right? Sure. That could then lead to being the leader. That could then lead to taking over the world and potentially restoring mm-hmm. their old mm-hmm. country. So like to get to where Courtney's saying, I could see it being, it's as simple as getting the right student to graduate, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and then, yeah, no. And then the students have to make sure that they don't graduate or something mm-hmm. like that. Or that they, that they rank better than them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Cause it's all about hierarchy. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Okay. And then I just realized the cult, you know, when you said like germinating or seedlings or whatever, Courtney, I'm like, oh, that's how the cult kind of self identifies is that they will literally mm-hmm. plant seeds or like tree parts amongst the cultists and stuff like that. But again, it's all hidden. So it's not like it's, you know, super obvious right away. Yeah. Okay. Woo. All right. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was a really fun one. Mm-hmm. thanks again to our new listener overlord zero maybe not new listener but new submitter for sure uh so again big thank you for that submission we hope you liked it remember that if you want us to build your world if you want us to have fun with your concept you can always go to our website worldbuildwithus.com where you can click the link follow the instructions and within a reasonable amount of time we can be building your world 
If you don't want to listen to us on any kind of like phone app, you can just go to YouTube where we've got a brand new YouTube channel where you can do all the YouTube stuff like subscribing and linking and commenting, all that good stuff and help us out with the algorithms. Uh, if you don't want to do that, you want to go to our Twitter and follow us on social media. We're over at Let's World Build. Or you can come join our Discord and chat with us more directly with a link for that in the description. Of course, if you're feeling particularly generous, you can always go to our Patreon and, uh, you know, we'll give you two episodes instead of one for your prompts. We also have patron-only episodes called the Aphid Lounge. You also get patron-only Discord privileges and just, you know, a bunch of other goodies here and there as well. And so with all of that, that's going to do it for this episode of World Build With Us. Remember that we love you very much. We're going to get through this together. Until next week.